Bad news. Bad news for the state. Bad news for capital. Bad news for patriarchy. Bad news for all forms of domination. Bad news. Angry voices from around the world. Our monthly info show from anarchist and anti-authoritarian radio projects worldwide. If these news are bad, I don't want to be good. Welcome to the 64th edition of Bad News. Angry voices from around the world. We hope you'll had a great start into the new year and you feel ready for some segments of bad news. Therefore, we want to make sure the smile on your face will freeze and you get the fist out of your pocket. Besides a wild mix of music, you'll also get to listen to Anarchist Radio Berlin with another radio activist out of the then still occupied village Lützerath in the west of Germany. We'll have Jana Lugner from Ljubljana introducing another show out of Radio Student in Ljubljana talking about radical farmers and the organizing of food distributions in the area of Trieste. Free Social Radio 1431 from Thessaloniki prepared a short update with bad news out of the police state in the so-called region of Greece. To round up the shit show, we'll have Frequence A from Leipzig in an interview about the disastrous neo-colonial project Tren Maya in the colonized area that is called Mexico today. I guess I already said too much, so let's just get started. interview with an activist of Radio Alpunk from Lützerath, Anarchist Radio Berlin shares background information on the lignite mining of the RWE company and the importance of this village, information about self-organization and alternative living forms in Lützerath in the last two years, an overview of the last days, preparation and tactics now, and also A Radio Berlin talks about Radio Alpunk, which is broadcasting from Lützerath and its role during the eviction. The Anarchist Radio Berlin. From across the pond. It's the Anarchist Radio Berlin. With audios in English, Spanish and German. And please, don't mention the war. Check us out at genoseronetwork.com or aradio-berlin.org. 2023 arrived only a couple of days ago and we already have to deal with the first eviction of radical space in 2023. 
What a shitty start. Or maybe a powerful one, because it's not only one squad that is being evicted, but a whole village, in the coal mining area in the west of Germany, close to the Dutch border. We spoke with a media activist from Radio Alpunk, who can tell us more about the fight for Lützerath. What and where is Lützerath? And why is it being attacked by the police? Lützerath, it's a village next to a lignite mine in Germany. Uh, it's next to the lignite mine Gartzweiler 2 in Rheinland. And maybe people still know this region from the protest that happened a few years ago against the cutting of the Hambach forests, which is like um, next to another mine, which is in the same region. It's one of like the biggest lignite regions in Europe. Lützerath is a village that has been since a few years occupied by activists to prevent the destruction of the village for the expansion of the mine. So since two years, first it started a bit as like a civil protest because the company that owns the mine, RWE, wanted to um, destroy a road and then people from more like the region were against this and started like a, a vigil there. And then later people started to occupy the abandoned houses, started to build tree houses. And Lützerath is so important because it's like a very strategic position. So the government decided that they will not destroy any more villages for the lignite mining apart from Lützerath. And Lützerath is located on top of like a lot, a lot of lignite. And if Lützerath gets destroyed and like the whole open area around Lützerath gets dug away, then Germany will for sure not be able to get its climate targets that it set in Paris. Like the amount of coal under, like brown coal, lignite under uh, Lützerath is more than the CO2 that uh, the whole of Greece emits in a year. So it's really, really a lot of CO2. And it's important that Lucy stays so that this lignite stays in the ground. But I would say that also apart from this very clear ecological fight that we have in Lützerath, it has also become a space where people live and live politically together. Lützerath is like explicitly an anarchist occupation where people try to live together according to anarchist values. Um, so it's also really this living together experiment. So I would say it's both this symbolical and also very concrete fight against lignite and this very living together, kind of trying to build our utopia alternative way of living place. And so now it's getting attacked because actually the Green Party signed an agreement with RWE that they have to stop burning coal earlier, but that they can destroy Lützerath to expand the mine, uh, which is one of these typical bullshit far in the future goals in the fight against climate change, which don't really help because we don't have the time to wait more and more years. Um, so Lützerath is getting attacked by the cops because they want everyone out so they can tear down the village and then, yeah, dig everything away to get the lignite that's under the, the village. Yeah, I think getting attacked by the cops says it all what, what's happening now. Maybe can you expand a bit on uh, what just happened in the last uh, couple of days? So what happened actually starting from the 2nd of January is that 
a lot of police arrived in Lützerath and they already started destroying the outer barricades of the village. They're basically at the moment trying to set up their infrastructures that they need for the eviction and to like uh, be able to in the future cut off the village from um, yeah more people coming in. So they want to build this whole fence around Lützi. And I think what's also mostly happening is that it's just a show of force that it's like intimidation tactics because there's been like some confrontation and they're there like in their riot gear and just showing their force and already trying to, I think, discourage people by, I don't know, just destroying stuff. For a lot of people in uh, Lützerath, it was kind of clear that at some point there might be a confrontation with the police that will try to evict uh, the village. Can you tell me a bit more maybe about how the people prepared for an eviction? How are people planning to uh, defend their uh, utopian place? I think when it comes to preparation, there's always a bit like the obvious, very visible part and then the less visible part. With like the visible part, I mean, of course, everyone who comes to Lützi can see it. We have some very beautiful barricades there. There's been a lot of barricading going on, a lot of, uh, I don't know, getting your eviction food, getting enough glue and glitter, just getting all the material we need, which is very important. But I think this more invisible part is also very important and which this I mean, for example, the whole uh, psychological preparation. For example, we had a lot of talks where people shared their experience with previous evictions so we could like psychologically prepare but also for example we need a whole communication strategy for this eviction which has also been a lot of work and i think in a way the whole two years of living there has also been a preparation for eviction because you live together you care for each other you form like strong connections you make like these whole affinity groups which are then the people you go defend Lützerath with and I think when it comes to like how exactly we want to defend Lützerath there's not really one answer I can give to this. I think at a certain moment we realized that having like a consensus like a common consensus about action level doesn't really work because everyone kind of thinks other things are a good strategy when it comes to the defense of Lützerath so we really want to promote like this diversity of tactics. I think we also, for a big part, want to defend by getting as much people to Lützerath. And we see at the moment already there's like a very big diversity of the people in Lützerath. You can also see it in the pictures. We have pictures of people standing with like a Christian cross in front of the bagger and then linking arms with people in full black block outfit. So it's just really, we're kind of very welcome to different tactics. I think it's up to everyone to make their autonomous decisions in like fit with their own morals to then like decide what they think is a, a good way of doing action. I think we do have some like camp-wide common practices. I'm thinking, for example, about identity refusal is something that we often see in the movements to just take up police capacities, but it's not really anything you have to do. It's more something that's often done and that you can get information on. In the last years, there were quite a, a few big evictions. I'm just thinking about uh, Hambach Forest, when the police uh, evicted the tree houses in the forest and also uh, Lazard in France. What do you think is, is going to happen in Lützerath in the next days or weeks? The timeline we kind of have right now is that because until the 9th, there is still 
legal protest registered in Lützerath, so people should be able to come in. And then we think at the 14th of January, the cops will probably start entering Lützerath. Um, this is, I have to put a disclaimer here that this is information based on information we have from the cops. So I can also not guarantee that this is 100% correct, because as we know, cops tend to lie. And yeah, what's going to happen is probably they will, um, the strategy we heard about is that they want to separate Lützerath in different pieces. Uh, so put fences between the different barrios, like a barrio is basically just a smaller part of the occupation that kind of organizes itself and that the police then wants to put fences between them and then part for part evict and then destroy the barrio. Yeah, they will, of course, come with like cherry pickers, try to get people out of the tree houses. The guess is like the estimate is that this will take about four weeks. But of course, like we will try to make it as long as possible and just like preferably we want to make it impossible, of course, to evict them. And I think that if we are not enough people, this might work. We've done it before. If you look at the Hambi, Hambi is still there, like the forest. So I think I think there's a chance that we can win if we're enough people. So you are part of an independent uh, media collective in uh, Lützerath. What, what's your task or role in all this eviction uh, struggle? Yeah, so I'm part of Radio Alpunk, which is the eviction radio team of Lützerath. Like our task or like the task of maybe indie media, uh, independent media in general, is that we want to show, because we are more like on the, we're, we're on the side of the activists. And I think we want to just, have a more nuanced way of uh, having news about Lützerath uh, getting into the rest of the world. I think when you read like the, I don't know, the big media, they often focus on this little details that they think is, I don't know, funny. Or I'm thinking, for example, when people, when, when the newspapers talk about um, what them in the Hambi forest, they always talk about the fact that someone threw a bucket of shit on the cops. And this is funny, of course. But I would like that independent media is maybe able to talk more about why we do this fight, what do we fight for, why is RWE, like why is it a shit company, why is this so important? Also this focus on the whole anarchist aspects of Lützerath, for example, this whole community situation we have there, and not only focus on, oh, big scandal, someone threw a stone. And I think our task specifically is a bit double. We want to get the information out to as much as people as possible. Um, so just to the people who are in Lützerath, give relevant updates about police movements, but also mostly to keep the people in the eviction entertained. Because eviction is, in general, it's either very boring or very stressful. Like you're just sitting and waiting or you're getting evicted. We want to offer people good night stories or they can request songs or they can request podcasts. So they have like nice things to listen to while they're inside in a very, in general, emotionally difficult situation. And then I think if I speak for myself, I think what I would really like to do is get the love I have for Lutzi and the love I felt inside of Lutzi Rad to the outside world. I really want to see this also as a way to support my friends who are in the eviction, to just also be able to kind of transfer some of the beauty of Lützerath so people also understand why people feel so strongly about this and why this is so, such an important fight. 
So if people would want to support Lützerath, what can people still do and where can people find more information? Yeah, if you want to support Lützerath, first of all, you can always come by. If you want to be in Lützerath during eviction, we recommend to come before the 9th of January. But if being inside of an eviction is for whatever reason too much, the Lützerath eviction is not only happening or being made possible inside of the village Lützerath. In the village next to it, in Kajenberg, there will be a backup camp. And from there, we will organize support for the people inside of Lutzi. So you can always also come there and just help in the kitchen, for example. Because I always think it's very important to know that, I don't know, cutting carrots so there's food for everyone is just as revolutionary as, I don't know, gluing yourself to your treehouse. I think it's very important to not make a hierarchy in this. So yeah, come support us in the backup camp if you think that being in Lützerath is not the best for you. Uh, we can also always use donations for money or stuff and which stuff I'm thinking about uh, eviction foods, just food that doesn't go bad fast, but also batteries um, because we don't know how long there will be electricity. So batteries, power bank, battery powered radios, if I'm talking from the radio perspective. Yeah, or also just nice things like chocolate, for example. I think if you're sitting in the cold, in the rain, it's nice to have some chocolate. And then also sharing messages about Lützerath on social media is very important. There are a lot of very strong pictures out there. I think if they reach more people, the impact will be very big. And I think it's just important to inform as much people as possible about the fight going on. So that's something easy I think everyone can do from home. Um, and yeah, if you want to find more information about Lützerath, we have the lützerathlebt.info website. Uh, there you find a lot of like legal information, also what should you pack when you come to Lützerath, and you also find the links to all our social media channels. I think one of them that's important is like the ticker, which is like the communication chat we use for important updates about the eviction and the police. So you can also find the link on the website and then there you, you can just join followers on every social media and come by if you can. For more information, go and check the webpage lützerathlebt.info. You can also listen to Radio Allpunk if you want. You can reach the show at radio.nrdpl.org slash alt. See you in the streets. Yeah, yeah. Test the logic, yeah. G-A-G-20. They do we many. G-A-G-20. They do we many. There's nowhere you can't go in the world without opposition to your plans. I'm making it twirl. Around your greedy fingers, we watching it swirl down the drain. Insane economics of world. See, we're not buying what you're selling, even with your propaganda. Tell the media barons, rebelling, we're yelling. No justice, no peace in the streets. It's just us versus the elite police. See, a better world we see. So we're free when we speak. Oil's at its peak, and we gotta defeat this at its global key. Us unable to speak on our knees, saying, please be reap what we sow. So you know the whole plan is out of control. To go to whole power while we get the blindfold. Truth be told, it's the same old song and dance. We're down to the wire, might be our last chance to advance. Humanity, take your stance. The power of the people, a street romance. United, we cannot be defeated. 
G20, we're ready, T dot, it's time to creep them. G A G20, they few we many. G A G20, they few we many. Every single one of us has a reason together we're strong. Let's crash the meeting. Every single one of us has a reason together we're strong. Let's crash the meeting. Chattering the so-called social peace. Windows getting smashed live on TV. 2010 is here, confront the beast. Reclaim the streets, fuck the police. Bringing that fire is incendiary. Cause they locking down streets with the military. And the progress is death, it's a cemetery. This in Canada, this is native territory. Turtle Island, East Coast of Salish. Fucking colonizers just keep on taking. February 2010, confront invasion. G20 Julie, big street blazing. Destroy the SBP wherever it gets stationed. Take over everything with occupation. More revolts, more self-determination Social war against our nations No control against domination Against the empire and its colonization Against the war and the government agents Against authority for liberation G A G 20 They do we many G A G 20 They do we many Every single one of us has a reason Together we're strong, let's crash the meeting Every single one of us has a reason Together we're strong, let's crash the meeting G A G 20 on this occasion, Jana Lugna, Ljubljana, is participating with a contribution of Comradely show on radio student Kilavo Seme, which is a show on agro-politics and connected topics. The interview will present an agro-initiative from Trieste in Italy. Radici Domaci is connecting radical farmers from the region and organizing distribution of goods. Radici Domaci is also a member of a wider radical network, Genuino Clandestino. Marcih pomorče belih družin, kako bo letos organizirana obramba pretoča. Ovogodišnji agrarni budžet nije ne izbliza u iznosu onom koji odgovara poljoprivrednik. If you are contaminated by Monsanto's GMOs, you no longer own your seeds or plants. Agro-program. Radio Student. So, El, but let's start with the interview, yes? Yes, sir. Okay, so, can you tell what is initiative Radici Domaci? When and where did you start? Uh, so, what are your principles uh, or directions of organizing and uh, activities? Yes, um, so Radici Domaci is a part of a net of Gemino Clandestino. There is a community of farmers, uh, craftsmen and uh, women, students, uh, workers, also social activities, activi activists 
and uh, people or families that come to our market. We are part of a big community that is fighting for uh, self-determination and uh, food sovereignty. Each uh, territory has its own group. Uh, here at Trieste are we, are the Domaci, that we have chosen to remain as an informal group. Um, the Nino Clandestino started at uh, the year 2010. And uh, I think we joined it around the year 2015, when some of us went to a um, national gathering of Zenino uh, Clandestino. We are a small group of farmers of the territory. Uh, and you asked me also of our principles. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the right of self-determination, also the practice of uh, sustainable, sustainable peasant uh, agriculture, um, accessibility to healthy food, uh, also the maintenance and restoration of the quality of our environment, um, the guarantee of dignity to people uh, and uh, the work, and also there is very important the trespassing of knowledge and the cooperation and mutual supporting uh, with uh, other realities uh, of the play with uh, similar principles uh, of ours. I think that's it. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, then maybe uh, we could talk also about your basic activities. Uh, what are you doing and maybe how do you access uh, to your infrastructure? Like, uh, do you take abandoned land? Do you rent land or something else? Squat land? Um, okay. Maybe to talk so, about this. Um, our basic activities would be most of all uh, the market that we have. Uh, we held at um, the headquarters of Terminal. I think you know Terminal is an anarchist group of Trieste, and uh, also at this other place that is called Petkar, that is a house of the people nearby the University of Trieste. Um, as activities, we also organize same uh, evenings in which we talk about different topics of agriculture and uh, also our environment, like a responsible uh, beekeeping or raiding. Um, also, we talk about the exploitation of natural resources around the world. And um, you said also from the land, we most of us uh, cultivate the land of the family. Um, some of us are, are renting land and uh, some of us are also cultivating uh, abandoned land. Okay, and it seems that you are also quite a political uh, aware uh, initiative. So maybe can you talk a little bit about your social and political thematics you are addressing or dealing with? Um, the most important practice that we do is actually this um, participatory guarantee that is uh, like a way of certificating uh, the sustainability and the good practice of the farmers, uh, but without any intervention of the state or any other institution. We go to visit uh, the fields and the stables. Um, we see how they work the land, how they treat their animals, and in some cases, if they have workers, also how they treat them. And um, in this, um, also in this uh, 
uh, fighting. We also give each other uh, help when uh, we need it. Um, like uh, lending tools, working hours, or also with uh, knowledge uh, sharing. Okay. Um, that is very good, Loretta. Uh, I think we are uh, coming to the end of uh, this interview. So, yeah. so maybe for uh, finish, uh, if I don't know, maybe someone that now listening listens to this show uh, is interested in participating in your initiative. Uh, uh, where can one find more uh, information about uh, Radici Domaci, and uh, how can one start collaborating with your group if that is possible? Yes. Um, so. Uh, as I told you, we're an informal group, so we don't have a website, but we have an email that uh, you can write us to, uh, asking for information or for uh, any other thing. Uh, the mail is radicidomaci at autistici.org. And um, also, if you want to know more about Genino Clandestino, uh, there's the... Um, they have a website that I think is uh, genuinoclandestino.it. Super, Oleta. Thank you very much for this uh, interview. Yeah, that would um, be really nice. <laughs> be good and ciao. Thanks to today's mechanized farming, there's more time for the family to visit in the town nearby. Time for the boys and girls to meet friends for a swim before the pool closes for the winter. Time to shop for new clothes, to look at new equipment. Kiravo Seme! Agroprogram Radio Student. Now we'll have a short update from comrades of Free Social Radio 1431 out of Thessaloniki on some of the current alarming topics in their region. Greetings from Greece, from Free Social Radio 1431 AM. Thessaloniki. Trigger warning, hunger strike. 11 Turkish comrades were held in Greek prisons for the past three years after an unfair trial that elevated the accusation of weapon ownership to terrorism at 30 years of imprisonment each, even though one of them has he- had held individual responsibility for the foundings. On January 10th, the five-member Court of Criminal Appeals of Athens accepted the demand of the 10 comrades after the 100th day of their hunger strike to be released from prison until their trial and substituted their imprisonment with the restraining orders of ban of leaving the country and present at the police department of the region of the declared residence three times a month. On the 19th of December, convicted member of Anarchist Action, Thanos Hadziagelu, was transferred without any prior notice from Kredalos to Nogrida prisons. He immediately started a hunger and third strike in order to force the state to make the transfer reasons known to him. As we have seen before in other cases of political prisoners, like Dimitris Kofodinas, Yanis Mikhailidis, the Greek state acts once again thankfully and leaves the prisoner in a critical health state. The third strike lasted for 18 days and is currently paused 
as referential to Corridalos Hospital was published. The anarchist is still in a hunger strike that will last until his final transfer back to Corridalos prison, which is yet to be officially announced. The municipality of Athens deposed the suspension request for the prior decision to pause the gentrification of Lofos Tref in Athens until the 2nd of March of 2023 due to the insurance measures Exarchia's residents had put on Prodea Investments and got accepted by the court on the 29th of December. The struggle to keep Strefi a green space is still going as the first bulldozers and excavators have arrived at its central square and have started the destruction of the park. In the last piece of today's show, Frequence A, out of Leipzig, airs an interview with Pollo about the disastrous neo-colonial project Tren Maya. Tren Maya is a so-called infrastructure project in the south of Mexico, which causes destruction, exploitation and suppression. Another topic in the interview was the, of course, participation of German and European companies in this project. Hi, can you first introduce yourself, your uh, wish name, pronoun and uh, your affiliation, which makes sense right now for our conversation today? Okay. Like your group or yeah, yeah, from which position you're talking? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Poyo and I am part of the research group, uh, which is called uh, Recherche AG, so group of investigation, which is part of the um, network of rebellion here in Germany. That's a network which formed itself during the Hira Pola Vida, the journey of life from the Zapatistas and the Congreso Nacional Indígena, so the National Congress of the Indigenous People in Mexico. They visited Europe and left movements and groups in Europe the last year. And uh, we formed a research group researching the participation of German companies and European companies in their territories to do some direct actions against these companies. Okay, yeah. and today we are talking about multi-project uh, Tren Maya. Can you maybe short first describe what this Tren Maya is about? Yeah, sure. So the Mayan Train project is an infrastructure project by the Mexican government of the new president. He's president since 2018, López Obrador. The Mayan train is a little bit difficult to describe because the name is presenting a different version of the project because it's called Mayan train but it has nothing to do with the Mayas and not even with the train because what the Mayan train project really is is a big infrastructure project which is entering indigenous territories and uh, big ecosystems like the Selva Maya, a big rainforest in the south of Mexico and the Mexican government presents it as a train project for tourism. So the idea of the Mexican government is to connect the big Mayan sites in the region by train to, to develop the tourism in the area. But in reality, it's much more because the Mayan train project is bringing big companies, is bringing fabrics, is bringing monoculture and destruction into this area. It is displacing the indigenous communities or it is changing the way of life because they are living from small agriculture in small communities uh, and now they will have to work in fabrics or in hotels for the tourists. And above all, it's also very important to mention 
that it is a project of militarization. We could call it train militar um, and not train Maya because it is a project which is uh, under control of the Mexican military and the Mexican military is also getting the profits out of this project as well as big uh, international companies who are working in the project. And the role of the military is also important because of the migration in the area because it's the area in the south of Mexico which is the most important area for the migration from Central America and the Caribbean uh, towards the United States of America. And so the whole project and the militarization it brings is also part of the fight against the migration and the fight against migrants in this area, which is why also, for example, the government of the United States is supporting this mega project. Another big point, of course, is the destruction of the environment because the project not only threatens the rainforests but also um, big cave systems. It also threatens the water in the area, uh, the mangroves at the coast. So it is really a project um, which has nothing to do with a small project for tourism, but it's changing the whole area and it's a mode of colonialism because big companies side by side with the military are entering these territories of indigenous people in the area. And how the situation on the spot look like? Uh, what is the resistance or support of the project and what also the activists on the site, uh, on the spot also facing mm -hmm. from the government? Yeah, well it is a little bit difficult to describe it because um, the whole project is in a big area and in different regions and of course the situation is different from region to region. But generally we can say that in the whole of Mexico there's also a lot of support for this project and for the new Mexican government which considered itself a left government but in reality it is promoting a neoliberal policy and of course there is resistance uh, from the indigenous communities above all um, for example from the um, Congreso Nacional Indígena they are resisting uh, directly um, on the street or at the construction site but they are also resisting on legal ways so they are trying to stop the project by law, because a lot of laws which have been violated by the Mexican government, for example, the law of consulting the indigenous communities, because you have to ask, theoretically, the communities before entering the territory, but this hasn't happened. But right now, the Mexican government declared the project a project of national security question, and so they used this to ignore all their own laws, uh, which shows also that um, most important is the grassroots connection between the communities to resist the project on the spot, which begins now, for example, with a, with the caravana against the mine train project, which will take place in spring of this year, in April and, and May. Okay, and maybe you can tell then, as you mentioned, it's this caravana. Mm -hmm. um, what is it? How it will look like? Is it possible to join mm -hmm. or, yeah, and also if there is any support needed for this quite a big action? Yes, of course. So you can read the comunicados, so the statements of the Congreso Nacional Indígena who invited for this caravana online. Uh, just search for the comunicado for La Caravana El Sur Resiste, so the South Resists. Mm -hmm. uh, you can search for this online and read the statements of the Congreso Nacional Indígena. 
And um, the idea is to connect the different resistance in the area. The idea is also to visibilize the problems of the project. And of course, uh, you can support this, for example, by action here, here in Europe or wherever you are. Uh, for example, there are a lot of international companies in this Mayan Trend project. There are companies from Germany, in the United States, from China, from Spain, from France. So it would be possible, for example, to do actions against these companies while the caravana is happening. You can also help by visibilizing it, for example, if you have some sort of a connection to, to the press, for example. And of course, there's also financial support needed. Uh, when you look for the, for the statement of the Congress National Indigena online, you can also find an address how to donate money, which would help a lot. And there's also the possibility to join uh, the caravana if you read the statements. You can inform yourself about the plans. And there's an email address uh, on which you can write and apply or ask for help. Yeah. Uh, as I know you're focusing on the work of Deutsche Bahn, maybe you want to mention what is the most important critic points on the Deutsche Bahn and maybe also which other companies are important to have in mind. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the participation of the Deutsche Bahn, which is the railway company um, here in Germany, is important because they present themselves as protecting the climate, protecting the environment, because they consider themselves um, a train company, but it is uh, much more than that. They are active in, in the whole world. For example, they are transporting weapons in the whole world. Uh, so this is also what this company is doing. They are part of the mine train project. Uh, they are consulting the government and other companies how to do and how to work in this project. And uh, there are also a lot of other companies like the Deutsche Bahn from other countries in Europe, uh, which are part of this MyTrain project, for example, Ineco and Renfe from Spain or Alstom Bombardier from France. And yeah, as I said, we want to present these companies as the evil companies they really are and, uh, and do something against their presentation as a green uh, solution climate protecting company because they are not and another important role also here in Germany is the role of the weapons industry because, as I said, it's a project by the Mexican military and it's also a project uh, which wants to bring much more military in this area to act against the migrants but to act against um, also the Zapatistas uh, which fought for autonomy in these areas. And uh, a lot of the weapons this army uses come from Germany too so are, we are also doing actions um, against these companies and uh, protesting their participation in this destruction because above all it is the destruction of a whole region and entering it in a colonial way. Mm. It's a new form of colonialism in this area. And if we talk about the destruction, as I remember the construction or whatever this destruction construction is going on from 2020 and they try to speed it up and make it as fast as possible ready. How much is it already done? How much destruction is already there? Yeah, that's a little bit uh, also the, the problem of this project because it is really uncertain that they will finish their goals of the project until 2023. So the project started in 2018. Since 2020, um, they started the construction. But they want to finish the project by end of this year, 2023. And so they are getting also nervous and trying to speed up the process, as you said. 
And so the problem is that they are building everywhere a little bit. They are starting to, to destroy the rainforest, um, they are starting to build uh, stations, but uh, sometimes they just stop and go on on, a, on another construction site, or sometimes, sometimes they have to change where the train goes, because, for example, there is protest, or sometimes they also notice that you can't build, for example, above um, the big caves, which are there in the rainforest, so they are also changing where the construction site is permanently, which means it's not certain that this project will really run and that the train will drive by the end of this year, but all the destruction of the nature is still there and uh, all the militarization goes on. So all the problems of the project, um, the violation of the rights of the indigenous people, the destruction of the nature, the militarization, the fight against migrants, all this is happening right now with this project and in the name of this project, whether or not it really will be ready by the end of, of this year. So um, we don't know if the Mayan train becomes a reality, but all the damages are a reality by now. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would really like to promote the reports of Recherche uh, AG, mm -hmm. because of course it's a quite a complex story, even they try to make it simple, train Maya, but it's much bigger and much more layers, um, which is not possible also to fulfill all in a short interview. Where do people can find it? Which languages are existing? Yes, you can find our, our research online, just search for Tren Maya made in Germany. Uh, we have it on two different websites, uh, the, the website of the Jabasta network from Germany and a website called Deine Bahn. Yeah, and you can search there for the report, which is called Tenmaya Made in Germany, and it's available in, in German, in Spanish, and in English for now, yeah. And thank you so much for finding time, and anyway, a lot of strength, and a lot of strength to people who are on the spot from us, and yeah, uh, thank you for finding time. Yeah, thank you very much, Lalo <laughs> I have the right to have my own feelings. I have the right to refuse a date without feelings. I have the right to make decisions based on my own feelings. To work those that end up my life without being treated with respect or insult. I have the right to have my limits respected. To have my wants and needs respected. To say yes or no without explaining myself. I have the right to refuse intimacy any time To keep my relationships To be quiet or assertive and not be misunderstood I have the right to change my mind and goals whenever I want to To ask for what I want To be happy, self-esteem Without justifying myself Take it off!
If you are interested in joining our unholy coalition of anarchist and anti-authoritarian radio projects worldwide, get in touch with your local anarchist radio station, check our homepage a-radio-network.org or come meet us either at the upcoming Balkan Anarchist Book Fair, which is going to happen from the 7th to the 9th of July in Ljubljana, or meet us for the International Anarchist Meeting from the 19th to the 23rd of July in Saint-Gemier, which is a small village in the French-speaking part of Switzerland.